We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, July 3rd. This podcast uh, should be on, I believe, for Tuesday since it's recorded late Monday night. Uh, I hope you're having a safe and happy holiday weekend thus far, playing tons of, of DFS. The Monday night slate is an eight game slate. We have uh, an early evening game, Nats Mets. That's not part of the main slate. And in uh, the afternoon, we've got a Brewers-Orioles game, which will probably be in progress by the time uh, you as listeners begin to consume this episode. Uh, looking at the pitching, though, for tonight, kind of like a slate we saw last week where Masahiro Tanaka is the most expensive option at 9000 Marcus Stroman going up against Tanaka and the Yankees is 8800 you got a couple other $8,000 pitchers going with Rick Porcello on the road at the Rangers for 8400 Aaron Nola home against the Pirates for 83 and Ivan Nova on the road against the Phillies for 83. So for the five most expensive options going up against each other, one of those games happening at Yankee Stadium, Rick Porcello and his home run issues going into Arlington seems dangerous. What the heck do you do with your pitching spot today on FanDuel? It's not easy um i'm going to guess that some people are at least in tournament settings it'll be pretty popular to go at all the way down to uh Jarrell cotton it's uh where is he 7400 at home against uh the white Sox. for cash i don't really want to deal with anybody but i think aaron nola um it's it's a scenario where it's like even if he loses to ivan nova he could get a strikeout count and and a low enough you know hits and runs and walks allowed that still still pay off well and i think probably has more upside than anybody on the slate too so i don't really i'm not going to go much more than nola for me 
Yeah, I like Nola quite a bit. The strikeouts have been there the last couple times out. The landing spot is much softer than what Marcus Stroman is to deal with going into the Bronx. Uh, Stroman as a contrarian play could make some sense. I mean, the yeah. Yankees brought up Clint, Clint Frazier, and uh, they've had a lot of injuries picking away at that lineup recently. I could see people maybe shying away from Stroman because of the matchup, but I think yeah. in, in GPPs, you may get a, a lower ownership rate than usual on him, so that could be one of your GPP options. I'm not crazy about Carlos Rodon as a tournament play. Cotton, I think, would make some sense at 7,400 in that regard. Edelberto Mejia is kind of intriguing to me at 6,300. If I'm going tournaments and I'm really trying to open up cash, uh, he's had a couple starts now where he's been in the low 30s. Didn't have a quality start in either of those outings, but did pick up the win both times out. It seems like there's more strikeout potential with Mejia than what he has shown us recently, but I almost wonder if I'm wish-casting improvement on Mejia because I'm throwing him out there for two starts in some season-long leagues this week. Yeah, I don't find that much encouraging in his numbers, but I guess it's like could be a tame enough opponent and he's at home that is a there's 10 runs projected in that one by vegas so that's a little concerning i guess yeah i don't know I, the thing about the angels is it's like even though they're they're rather tame they don't specifically strike out that much um so i probably won't be going at mejia it's, it's a tough call because i'm assuming most people are going to be going at nola i have to believe he's by far the the chalk here but it's like Strowman's got a bad enough setting and like he's not normally a strikeout guy himself. I'd almost, if I was going GPP and it wasn't for Jarrell Cotton, I almost would probably go at Alex Meyer because at least, I mean, he's, he's implosion candidate every day, but he's kind of had some promising moments in the last month or so. And the heat's there and he's always struck out a lot of people. So even if he gets chased from the game in like the fifth inning, he might get you like eight strikeouts by then. Revenge game, too, for Meyer going up against the Twins, a team that traded him uh, just oh. over a year ago. Well, that settles it. Yeah. Revenge narrative. If you, love, if you love narratives. The other tournament option at the bottom end of the price list that I'm at least thinking about is Andrew Moore, home against Kansas City. Yeah. is a very fair price. Yeah, that's really cheap. He's uh, mostly a change-up first righty, a little undersized, but a former second-rounder. There's some pedigree there. The Royals' offense isn't one that really strikes a lot of fear into you, uh, but they are one of those teams that while they, they don't put a ton of runs on the board, they don't strike out a lot either, so that kind of chips away at the upside. It's really more about the price and what that does to open up a ton of budget for your bats. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at that price, I think that it's a to- totally worthwhile tournament consideration. Um, I, I don't find Moore's peripherals that impressive, but it's just at fifty five hundred. That's a uh, you know that's that's four hundred more than Aaron Judge. He just doesn't beat himself up too bad with walks. That's been the case yeah. uh, throughout his time in the minors. Made a pretty impressive start uh, against the Tigers uh, a few weeks back. Uh, let's take a look at some bats, though. As far as some uh, possible targets, I mean, if you're looking for the, the high over-unders, there are a few of them on the board. Uh, the Rockies being at home against the Reds, we're seeing a 12 over-under in that matchup. Right. Uh, Jeff Hoffman versus Luis Castillo. They're kind of interesting, but, man, I just don't have the guts to go at any Coors pitchers. I mean, I I think the the stack potential of both sides is always there, even though Jeff Hoffman has looked good at times. I don't really trust them to do right. a lot of damage uh pitching at coors today so i think you can get some some colorado and cincinnati exposure uh where possible we'll talk about some individual plays that might fit uh cost wise the other high over unders today 
Uh, Red Sox, Rangers. I mentioned Rick Porcello before. Martin Perez going up against Porcello. Ten and a half is your over-under in Texas. You got a, a 10 in the Alex Meyer, Adalberto Mejia matchup. A nine and a half between the Marlins and Cardinals. That's pretty pretty high as well. Nine for the Yankees and Jays. Uh, nine for the Royals and uh, Mariners as well. So lots of big numbers expected uh, throughout baseball. So for, for a, a mid-range slate, I think we're going to see a ton of runs put up and some really high totals uh, all over the place. Uh, looking at the catchers for today, catcher's been pretty bad for me this season. It's been an ongoing struggle uh, to get pieces that I like. Uh, the tournament play I like, if he's in there, is Sandy Leone against Martin Perez. Only 2,500. He's handled lefties pretty capably going back to last season. Uh, I'm still kind of intrigued by Jonathan Lucroy when yeah, he plays. Yeah, like Lucroy there. 2,700 against Porcello. Porcello's been generous as far as long balls allowed this year. And, you know, with Lucroy, he may not be as good as he was in the second half last season, like ever again. Like, that may never happen. It may be the best half season of his career. But it's not as bad as he's been through this first half either. Right, yeah. I, I, what was it that uh, I thought I remembered looking at his peripherals and generally thinking they were pretty encouraging. I'm trying to load the page right now. But, um, yeah, it's like he's he's got a Babbitt down under 280. Uh, for his career, he's about at 310. So, uh, if, if I guess there hasn't been any pop there really, but strikeouts are actually really low. He's under ten for that, so it's like he's he's putting the bat on the ball. It's just uh, not having a favorable outcome for him. You would expect that this change soon because it doesn't really make sense for him to have actually have like regressed a great deal. Um, so I, I like him at twenty seven hundred. I'm trying to pull up uh, Zanino's home splits here because he's got some interesting numbers at home. Um, yeah, I think Zanino makes sense against Ian Kennedy, at least in tournaments, certainly. Uh, Kennedy gives up homers pretty much everywhere but Kansas City. So uh, I, I can see him getting roughed up, and Zanino's had a pretty hot bat this year. Uh, I'm trying to look a bit lower here. Um, I guess Maldonado is a tournament-worthy dart, maybe at 2,300, uh, going against a lefty. And otherwise... I like Molina at 2,800. I, I mean, I usually do because of where he hits in the order. It's Jeff Locke. It's at home. Oh, the yeah. Cardinals can put up some runs, so that's a good way to get some St. Louis exposure. So actually, for a smaller slate, this is a better group of catchers than usual, and that's not even including options like Mezzarocco yep. or Tony Walters, who... You know, as Coors catchers are going to be in play uh, today, assuming they're in the lineup. Sliding over to first base, we've seen Hanley Ramirez start to wake up recently. He's still pretty affordable. 3500 is the price, averaging 22.6 FanDuel points per game over his last four. Uh, he's raised his OPS, I think, like 40 points for the season during that span. A couple home runs, three multi-hit games. Are you buying in on Hanley at the $3,500 price tag as he continues to heat up? Yeah, he makes he makes sense certainly. I'm 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 wondering a couple of things about that Boston matchup with Texas. Um, first of all, what do you do as as far as approaching a stack against somebody like Perez who has terrible FIP and his peripherals are generally garbage, but he just has a way of screwing things up by putting the ball on the ground so much, and uh, he doesn't give up that many homers. Um, like he, he Hanley can take him a lot. A lot of those Boston bats can take him more than once. Um, but yeah, it's like I, I've, I have rec recollection of at least a few anecdotes where I, I stacked against Perez in the past, 
and it just infuriated me by like somehow like you know loses the game doesn't have good numbers at the end but it's like all my bats just came away with nothing i keep doing it uh i, I keep going against perez because even with the ground balls if he gets chased in this game after four or that five, bullpen is destroyed yeah, right now the bullpen's a mess and and that's part of the appeal too you yeah. always have one of those nights where he's missing up and uncharacteristically gives up some long balls too so i think you can stack against the red Sox or should stack red Sox against perez and and feel pretty good about it yeah uh, if you don't want to go full stack you could do mini stack where you, know, you get exposure either with bets as an expensive one-off coming off the huge game on sunday uh, or just a, a cheaper option like Hanley at first base, where things are, are generally you know pretty affordable. You can get Mark Reynolds against Luis Castillo for a hundred dollars more, so that's probably going to pull a lot of ownership that direction. Bore uh, at thirty one hundred is pretty interesting against Wainwright. Bore against Wainwright is really nice today as well, so I think we're going to see a lot of people interested in that. Um, Votto's five thousand, so he'll be low owned i mean other than people that are really punting the pitcher spot i imagine Votto gets pretty much ignored at coors because uh, his price is so high and, and reynolds by comparison is so much uh, more affordable if you're trying to get that exposure uh if you're fading andrew moore which i wouldn't fault you if you did you got eric hosmer going in there i just think hosmer has been such a disappointment that i've been kind of staying away uh, then you got justin smoke at the same price so i don't know if you if you like smoke against tanaka at yankee stadium more than Hosmer going up against Andrew Moore in Seattle. I guess I would. Hmm, I'd probably go with Smoke between the two, just because he's been so much better this year than Hosmer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going at either one of them. For me, it's probably mostly between Bohr. Um, I'm trying to look at the bottom real quick to make sure there's no like really cheap guys that might be. I mean, maybe tournament maybe consideration for Kenise vargas uh 2800 going against alex meyer who i think meyer's good but if he you know loads the bases up with his high walk rate maybe vargas could get something going um but i would probably be looking mostly at Bohr, hanley uh reynolds yeah that's that's probably mainly what i'm looking at i would love to get Votto, but i don't expect to be able to make room for that yeah i don't think i'll be able to do it either moving over to second base robbie cano still affordable at 3600 if you can't that's go really good, that high yeah. if you can't go that high though rudel odor at 3100 has been warming up a bit i like that spot for him against rick porcello and the red Sox. yeah definitely odor makes plenty of sense even even with his slow start this year he had a lot of indicators implying that he was just was given an arbitrary regression and that will end soon if it hasn't already started the process of ending um i'm trying to find somebody cheap in here that that might be useful um paul de young against the lefty yeah there's that and it's lock right so he's he's terrible um so yeah there's de young like maybe if alan hansen is doing leadoff he'd be worth a, a tournament dart just because cotton has shown the ability to melt down this year um generally though i guess i guess we're i'm trying to make room for cano like that's what i'm trying to do here yeah i'd like, make that a priority dozer yeah. Dozier's fine, uh, hundred bucks less. DJ LeMahieu is an affordable piece in Colorado yet again, so that's going to be uh, in consideration as well. Moving over to third base, Josh Donaldson's only thirty three hundred going up against Tanaka, and if you don't really think Tanaka's fixed, I think it's really easy 
to justify going righty righty with Donaldson, who's an elite player. He hits righties very well. He too. should be in the mid four thousands when he's playing well. So you're getting a really nice discount on Donaldson today. Yeah, that that'll be tough to stay away from. But Kyle Seager at twenty seven hundred at Again? home against uh, Why does Ian that against Ian Kennedy, oh. uh, home run machine, and, and the Seager's due to get hot too. I like, think I know he's been a little better lately, but. Um, his his production has been lagging this year, even though he's been approaching about the same and co- making contact about the same. Um, and he's not like regressing physically, so there's no reason to think that it, that th- those those uh, the, the divergence between his peripherals and and you know the production. I don't I don't expect that to keep going. And why not today at home against Ian Kennedy make that part of part of that transition. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, I guess it's just pretty much Seager, Donaldson for me. But there are guys like Moustakis at 3,600 who's really tempting. He's just going nuts right now. And Jed Jerko against Locke. Yeah, a Cardinals stack is uh, a brewing here, I think, as we move through uh, position by position. A brew. Sliding over to shortstop, uh, Alex Mejia could be a punt play at 2,000, depending on what the Cardinals are doing at the shortstop spot today. He uh, homered on the first, uh, his first big league home run on Saturday. I don't know if I really believe in Mejia as a player. Again, it's more of like a see where he's at in the order. I, I like the idea of getting Gene Segura at 3,200. I mean, there's another guy that with health and, and typical production. He's really good, man. He'd be a lot more expensive, a lot like Donaldson. I mean, not, he's not a Donaldson-level player, but he's underpriced by probably seven to $800 He right should now. be the most expensive shortstop on this slate. And then you, you got Zach Kozart at Coors at thirty six hundred too, yeah. so that's pretty tempting as well. Yeah, that that certainly is. Um, but yeah, the, the, I guess I also like. Uh, I think Indrelton can make a little bit of sense. Uh, Peraza's kind of cheap if he's in the lineup at three thousand. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm probably looking mostly at. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with John Segura here for the most part. If I'm not going with Kozart. Franklin Barreto's 2800 going up against Carlos Rodon. I could see a case for that in tournaments, but there are enough quality options priced fairly at shortstop where you don't necessarily have to go ultra contrarian on this slate. Uh, looking at the outfield, Nelson Cruz, 3900 Normally you want to use him against lefties. I mean, assuming health-wise everything's okay there. I know he's a little bit dinged up coming out of the weekend. Uh, I, I like anytime you get Cruz in the high threes, uh, Steven Piscotti, another one of those Cardinals, 3,300 against Locke. So whether you want to stack Cardinals or just slot one in at a position of need, I think that could work just fine. Uh, Nick Williams is pretty cheap right now for the Phillies, 2,200. What do you think about Williams as a punt play? It's got a hit in each of his first three big league games. Against Nova, um, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't really like that. No, Nova doesn't really give up anything. Um, I guess if he has a down game, Williams is, I guess, getting on base pretty well, and the pop and speed are definitely there. Strikes out a lot. Um, I don't know. I probably won't be going with him, but it, it, it makes enough sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, what I'm trying to go down a little bit lower. I mean, Chris uh, Young, Scotty, and Fam are, f- are 6,500 combined. Oof. Nuts. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pull up a splits here of a. I'm kind of interested in Jackie Bradley as a tournament play because uh, he's just I, I just I like him and uh, if that if the Martin Perez you know getting chased and then the terrible bullpen comes into play he can get some shots at some righties um, but he's a let me see got his splits here um, Bradley hits lefties too and I I don't think people generally making their lineups are going to uh, account for that they're, they're probably going to go like 
with with a Cardinals guys for the most part. And in a tournament, uh, Bradley actually has a higher WOBA against lefties in his career, more power against righties. But I, th- I think when you throw in his speed and if, if, if that stat goes off, he might be the least owned among the, um, you know, the, the big names that we, we all go to right away. Um, is, is Ramiel Tapia playing for the Rockies right now? I mean, I think there's a decent chance he's in the lineup today. Well, Cargill is coming back, supposed oh, okay. to come back anyway, so that could bump Tapia. Okay. No, I, I missed that he was up in the that he was in the, their lineup. He had he had one of those really high uh, speed uh, numbers on Statcast. So that was that stupid anecdote that I, I was a little bit distracted by. Um, but yeah, are, are there any like really cheap guys? Jose Martinez at twenty four hundred is pretty interesting, I guess, for that purpose. Mm, um, Max Kepler at twenty seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's that that is pretty interesting against Meyer. Um, I'm trying to see what else we got here. There's no one really truly cheap other than I guess Clint Frazier who he, I mean he's I guess worth the tournament dart perhaps uh, and I know Stroman is scary but he's he's got a bat at least and he's a lefty so um but yeah otherwise what what are you targeting as far as like how are you, how are you handling like the expensive parts of your outfield is are you targeting any of like the the real blue chip guys Blackman at 4400 that's pretty is, cheap. It's pretty cheap. I mean, he should cost whatever Judge costs. Yeah, and especially when he's at home against an inexperienced righty. So that'd be the the most expensive guy. I like I'd play Blackman over Betts if I had to choose between the two, forty four yeah. and forty three hundred respectively. Uh, I was thinking about Bautista, but I don't think you need to do that with some of these mid tier options. Shebler at thirty three hundred. Shebler at thirty three hundred, and then uh, Marcelo Zuna at thirty six hundred. I think is is underpriced too. I mean, I think Ozuna should be within a hundred bucks of Stanton. Yeah, Maybe Wainwright's even $100 been, more than Stanton. Yeah, Wainwright's been pretty awful. So, um, I, I'm guessing, would you think that out of these guys, Blackman is the most owned? Like, I have to believe optimizers are going to go straight to him at that price. They should, and I I do think that. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of combinations where it's like Blackman with a Kyle Seeger to help offset some of the cost at third base and then sprinkling in other pieces from that game, guys like Shebler. Cargo is probably going to be pretty low owned in his first game back off the DL. I mean, do you think the shoulder has been bothering him longer than they've let on, or do you think Cargo is just toast at this point? I I really don't know. I mean, he's he's played hurt for a lot of his career, right? And his numbers didn't quite dip the way they did this year. Um, but he's still hitting it. He, hasn't he been hitting at home at least all the while? Like everyone, everybody yeah, is there. Like, I mean, like his numbers seem to just kind of be like it just falls off a cliff when he's on the road um what about i guess like i was i was looking for somebody just somebody cheap in the outfield who can maybe save some money with um and yeah other than jose martinez i actually kind of like rajay davis against rodon um if if, if he gets walked on he, he can probably hit rodon i guess he's going against a bad lefty but davis has kind of been lagging the speed's still there he just hasn't been getting on base so uh rodon has a way of fixing that yeah davis has been uh, killing me in season long it's just been annoying. I don't have him everywhere, but in a couple places where I'm relying on him for speed, I don't know if it's going to come because there's a decent chance the A's flip him just to a team that wants some speed off the bench. Right. Playing time dries up. He's old. I mean, there were there were red flags coming into the year, but if you even pencil them in for 25 steals, you may end up disappointed when it's all said and done this year. Yeah, I, th- I thought I looked at his numbers and it was like basically he's just uh, he's still making contact, but it's just terrible contact. But when he does get on base, he still runs pretty good. 
Um, yeah, his BABIP's under 265. So anyway, I think at 2600 against a guy like Rodon, he's he's a guy who it's it's hard. if he's leading off or something, that's that's a pretty nice price tag against a pitcher who you can expect uh, such a high whip from. Absolutely. Well, we're at the midway point in the season, but FanDuel is better than ever right now. It's fantasy baseball for everyday fans. No busted seasons. So if your first half in season long has been going very poorly, you can play FanDuel. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. Late swap contests are out there now. Updated scoring, so you got quality starts added. You're not just hunting wins the same way we used to with the pitching. And friends mode is pretty cool as well. You can create a league for your friends. Choose the days you play each week. Contests are created automatically, and there's a leaderboard that keeps track of how you stack up against each other. I'm trying to hit one of those big GPPs, but really also trying to be more patient, play a lot of cash games this year. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. We got a special offer for new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash RW. It's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you tomorrow. Have a great holiday.